It's the Awake Space Astrology Podcast, and I'm Lori Rivers, your host, here to help you with some inspiration to get those aspirations out into the world. Well, this is an interesting episode because we're going to be talking about the equinox on September 23rd. And if you've been freaked out by TikTok, let me reassure you, I won't be freaking you out. But you do want to hear about what's happening with the equinox this year. Uh, The autumnal equinox is when the sun ingresses into Libra. That means the sun moves into the sign of Libra. It is a day of equal day and night just like the vernal equinox, the spring equinox is when the sun moves into Aries. This is an important time of year, and yet there is so much balderdash out there on the internet. They'd have you think that the elites are running their dark magic on the equinoxes. And I will tell you about how not elite the elites actually are and why you need to be more rooted in your own agency as we move through the next decade or so and stop looking at your betters um this has to do with something else we're going to be talking about which is why white cisgendered men a lot of them think a lot about the roman empire we're, we're going to talk about that, too, and, and how it's connected to my drive to progress the astrological narrative forward. It, it's an important subject, and I think it was a great trend because it got people thinking and talking. That is all part of the social and cultural awakening that we're having at the end of the Pluto and Capricorn era. We are deconstructing the systems that may or may have not worked in our favor. So we're going to be talking about that. You may find that fascinating. Of course, we do our patron shout outs. We're going to do our little segment. That's a new segment I do where I talk to the the little listeners that are listening with mom or dad or uncle or auntie or whoever they're listening with. And we do a little message for them. And if you're grown up, you can listen too because we're all little on the inside, aren't we? And then we'll, of course, do our astrology Q&A. So um, am I going to talk about that full moon in Aries? Well, full moon in Aries happens at the end of the month. So I'll be talking about that next Monday, but maybe I'll do a little teaser for you. It does happen at five degrees Aries. So if you have placements at the five degrees of Aries, then uh, you might want to do a little bit of prep work. Speaking of prep work, we're doing the full moon ceremony on uh, Sunday, Sunday the 24th at 5.30 p.m. You can check that out on wokeastrology.com. If you're a patron, you get a special discount. That'll be in your crunch report. If you're not a patron, consider joining. We give all sorts of interesting information and special discounts on classes and workshops. So you can go to patreon.com forward slash the awake space to find out more. Oh gosh, I could use a coffee, but it's midnight, so I'm not going to do it. But if you're on your commute and you're in the Starbucks line or your local coffee roaster, gosh, I miss the old coffee roaster I used to go to when I lived in Washington. It was such good coffee. Right now I'm doing a vanilla uh, 
sweet cream cold brew. That's my drink of choice. I don't do the pumpkin spice. No hate to those who do. It just doesn't sit with me. It just doesn't sit with me. I love a good chai. I love a good chai tea latte. Although, you know, when you say chai tea, you're basically saying tea tea, right? The word for chai in Hindu is, is or tea is chai. See, chai, chai tea, yeah. Anywho, anywho, I digress. Let's get on with the podcast. Let's talk about the equinox and what you can expect. Um, it's usually a time of wonky weather. And let's see what's up with that in this chart. And then uh, we'll just see. We'll just see where the flow goes. By the way, we hit over a hundred thousand listens for season three. We'll talk about that more in the patron shoutouts because I got to give some big thank yous to our patrons for that. Before I get to the equinox, I thought I'd start a new segment where I kind of give you the rundown on the headlines. Now, patrons get this at the beginning of the month. I do the monthly overview of the astrology and what I think is going to happen. And then the the headlines based on the lunations. And that means the movement of the moon. Why? Because the moon governs our day-to-day activities. Uh, let's see. Let me grab September's. I've got it here. So for this week, what I think is going to be happening. Let me get all the way down. That the moon in Scorpio, the 18th through the 20th. And, or really it, it moved into Scorpio on the 17th, but it was only for like a couple hours. So we're going to see healthcare continue to be under strain, high profile murder or killing or mass violence discussed. It could be a past event, but it could also be a current happening. Less likely a current, it could be like a cold case, um, mostly because of, and I talk about this in the next segment, talking about Mars not really doing a whole lot right now. Um, as far as being in t- tense aspects, it's in a, a decent aspect. It's it's actually really nicely aspected to Venus. <clears throat> but uh, we could talk, see more talk about human trafficking, um, anything to do with um, CSA or SA. Volcanic activity might be increased. We could see some more increased seismic activity with this lunation. Um, especially with Venus squaring off with Jupiter and of course the moon in opposition to Jupiter and then again and then squaring off with Venus so this could be impact people with money people with money Um, so or in high high net worth neighborhoods could could be impacted or there could be an economic impact those are all potentials. Issues with meat packing plants and other food processors, not just meat, but it could be any kind of food processing. Could be recalls on food. Uh, Trump is under pressure, um, even more so than normal. There'll be there'll be some exposés on that. Uh, big hurricane or flooding or erosion or events, uh, dam breaches, landslides. Um, <clears throat> We could see more of that. This is global. 
Um, and it could just be that the hurricanes are forming. It doesn't mean they hit land. Um, but we could see flooding. And this is global. Uh, let's see. Uh, we could see a mass, mass casualty event. Um, there could be a cool archaeological site discussed or new findings released. Um, we could see more business loan defaults. That's been up on deck. I think we'll see that discussed even more, especially Evergrande and its impact on the U.S. economy. Religious figures accused, indicted, or held in contempt or outed. Okay, this could be outed. Um, sabotage of pipe pipelines or transportation of toxic, toxic waste exposed. So we could find out about toxic stuff that had been hidden or attempted to be hidden. Things that have been attempted to be hidden will come to the surface. Issues with cemeteries, crematoriums, and body disposals may come up in the headlines. Again, this is global. Um, Navy exercises, conflicts, and skirmishes may be in the news as well. And again, this is September 18th through the 20th. Um, we've got the moon in Sagittarius, September 20th. It's actually, yeah, September 20th through the 22nd. Not, yeah. So we'll have pathological liar exposed um, or investigated or report released on them. This could be anybody. This could be somebody prominent. This could be we could hear about a serial you know, bigamist or, or anything. It's somebody who's lied and got caught. Um, arsons, wild bushfires, high winds, global uh, fiery crash or accident on a freeway or rail, flammable goods or spill. Again, this isn't going to happen everywhere. This is what we expect to see in the headlines. And remember, the headlines are never like, oh, kitten rescued from tree. Headlines are always sensational and they're always something usually negative. Um, higher education scandal or testing in the news. This could deal with a sports program, but it could be just on admissions. Uh, climbing or hiking accident could be in the headlines. Espionage, intelligence agencies, accusations of spying, treason, or breach of agreements in general. This could be treaties, etc. Again, global. International crisis or conflict with multiple countries. It doesn't mean it's um, like a war, but it could be like something to do with NATO or BRICS could be in the news with it not working out as well. I don't, I don't see BRICS working out long term. Um, Roman Catholic Church or Pope could be health related that might be up um but the roman catholic church might be in the headlines or the pope and that could be his health storm at sea disrupts maritime traffic or ports on 922 this leading towards the equinox legal and it could even be worse on the 23rd 24th um legal proceedings high profile case announced scandal with book or journalist it has to deal with the publishing of it or a journalist or somebody, a broadcast news media person and a media personality has a scandal. Yeah, there's more than Drew Barrymore out there. Um, let's see. The rest of the week we have the moon in Capricorn. 
And this is the 20 end of the like late on the 22nd into the 24th. Big storms causing infrastructure damage. That's more towards the 24th. Um, world leaders clash and agreements fail. Infrastructure failures, roads, bridges, dams, rail systems, power grids, water systems, workers' rights or strikes or unions busting. This is all up in the headlines. Um, we're going to just see an increase in the labor movement as it moves forward. Um, issues with rockets, satellites, and space stations. We could see issues to deal with glaciers and issues with the North and South Poles in the media. It could be a science article. It could be a headline of some kind. Accidents in manufacturing plants. Mass shooting or public violence or violence committed by authorities against civilians. Again, this could be global. This is the Lunations. Um, CEOs face investigations for breach of procedure or unfair business practices. Um, building collapses or weather-related property damage could be up on deck, especially towards the 24th. Commonwealth former colony asserts independence or we see... And and this could it's not just Commonwealth countries and those are people uh, countries still attached to the British crown. This would be um, this could be like what's going on in West Africa, where countries are just kind of done with their former colonial heritage. And I, I, there's no great way of saying it, but they're done with the countries that colonize them. Let's say it that way. Um, increase. Uh, chance of seismic activity above a 4.5 so probably between 4.5 and 6.2 so that's really what's up on deck in the headlines this week guys um so let's talk about the equinox and you'll find out more it's not as big of an equinox as we've had in years past this this fall equinox is a little more um the autumnal equinox this year is a little more laid back. The next day, though, the 24th, whoo, <laughs> that packs a wallop, and I talk about that in the next segment. Have you heard about September 23rd? Have you? Is it freaking you out? Speaking of freaking out, um, before I get into the equinox, you know I got a community violation on TikTok for making a magic mirror video too scary. <laughs> uh, I was replying to somebody. I don't know if you guys have seen these free comments. And basically people are saying they have free will, blah, blah, blah. Um, that's what they mean by it. Like they're not going to be caught by that energy. And... Um, it was the video of the equinox that I did with the magic mirror. And if you're, if you haven't seen my TikToks, uh, that's okay. Not all of them are good, but magic mirror holds a special place in a lot of patrons' hearts. So I do some magic mirror videos where I look like the magic mirror from Disney. It's a filter, and I use a, a British accent because you know. All great villains have British accents, don't you know? That's a Hollywood design. But anyway, I um, <laughs> made this video <laughs> reply where I was like, 
Oh, you believe you can use your free will, Papa? Do you? Anyway, I guess that was too freaky. So, um, it was kind of funny. But anyway, so let's talk about the equinox. Uh, the equinox is always an interesting time of year. And that's because it's, it's, it's a seasonal change. But it's also um, a, just historically an interesting time. Because one, anytime the sun or any celestial body changes signs, there there is a vast amount of energy that happens and and it's indicative of that now does it is it causal i think with the sun we do have causality the fact that we've gone to equal day and equal night there's some causality it could be impactful to weather i mean we don't have all the answers because we haven't actually studied it with any decent parameters so so we don't know now what's interesting is that the sun moves into Libra at zero degrees, zero minutes of Libra at midnight on September 23rd, uh, West Coast time, Pacific time. On the East Coast, that's like 3 a.m., okay? And the moon is in Capricorn. It's at six degrees when the equinox happens, right? So the moon is in a wide separating square, which is kind of interesting. It's kind of interesting. Um, This could be something that happens more like, um, maybe like up in Canada, maybe up in um, Alaska, maybe Japan. There might be something Japan, China, maybe North Korea. I don't know. I, I don't mean a war. Um, Mars is is just starting to move into a square with Pluto. It's it's not even to the square exactly yet. It's starting to approach that though. So there could be you know rumors of things going on, but I really don't see. I don't really see too much. Um, other than the way of weather, you know, there's some weather going on because we've got, and maybe some seismic activity. Maybe that's, that's up. There's some, a little bit of instability, but not as much as there has been. Okay. And we do have Mars and Venus in a nice sextile. Okay, so, and you know what? I said last week, I started off the podcast saying they were square. That has bugged me all week. Pardon my Virgo South Node, but that error has driven me nuts. I meant to say sextile. I don't know why I said square. I must have been looking at something else and speaking at the same time. But we still have Mars and Venus in a sextile, which is really good energy for kind of realizing a vision or creative project. So that's pretty nice. Um, I think we might get some financial news on that day. The square between Venus and Jupiter and Taurus is pretty, is starting to widen at this point because Venus Venus is still in a square with Jupiter. That's probably the square I was looking at. Um, And that is why we're having so many of the wealthy or the privileged or the famous um, put 
their feet firmly in their mouths and uh you know the whole drew barrymore thing um which she finally made a good decision and walked back her show a little bit um times are tough for everybody times are tough for everybody we've got rampant inflation we're profiteering Um, we've got people in the labor movement trying to get a fair deal and a fair shake. Um, and it just sympathies are low for those who have advantage. Doesn't mean they don't have problems. I think everybody recognizes everybody's got problems at some point, but the people who have held power or gate kept or have unacknowledged privilege, not understanding what it is a privilege does not mean you don't have problems privilege just means you you have a leg up in some way shape or form and and not acknowledging that is it at your peril at this point um so anyway back to the equinox um we may see some more mm, we may see some more issue with with celebrity but probably later in the day not not right at midnight unless there's something happening in asia so maybe in k-pop maybe in k-pop it's not my field so i don't know anything about it i'm just postulating um but by later in the day later in the day it is highly possible on September 23rd, so like in the early hours of the morning, about 8 a.m. Um, Eastern, we may hear about some legal matters. We could hear about um, some financial matters. There might be, it, it's over the weekend, so probably not going to hear a whole lot if there's ball games i don't watch sports so i'm just looking i would say if there is a game that there might be a big injury on a football field um this could be college ball um probably one of like the evening games on the east coast let me see i don't know what the schedules are but yeah there could be there could be a very high profile kind of like um either rule breaking or somebody having an accident on the field um and it might be like a screwy accident on the field like like just unintentional it may not even be foul play it it really might just be just some kind of weird accident um on the 23rd that's kind of what's up on deck what do you do with the equinox well look at where zero degrees libra falls in your natal chart if you're not sure where that is make sure you go to my youtube channel and watch the beginning astrology playlist i'll link that up in the description um it's really it's just a time 
to kind of weigh and measure things, you know. So in the horoscopes, I I wrote pretty much for everybody to do some goal revisions to be pretty strategic, because we start the week before the equinox, right? So we start our Monday with the Moon in Scorpio, and this is a time to strategize. I know everybody wants to equate Scorpio with the dark and the mysterious and the you know all the spooky stuff, and it can be, but it's also the strategist. It is also the long game planner. And we're all having to adapt and adopt new ways of being to operate from our, you know, our compass, which may be a little rocky when it comes to direction. So it's really important this equinox to kind of sit down and say, not to get rid of our hopes, dreams, and aspirations, not at all but maybe retool them. Are we holding ourselves back? Are we so afraid to make a mistake that we don't even try? Are we letting the past get in the way of us building a future? You know, so the past is not always the best predictor of future events. It isn't. It only is if we choose to be unconscious in in how we live our lives. If we consciously address things, if we're like, okay, maybe I can think about this a little bit differently. Maybe I can think about myself a little bit differently. Maybe if that negative self-talk is happening, I don't beat myself up about it. I just say, oh, wait, that isn't as useful a thought as it could be. Okay right? You can retool how you live life. I promise I've done it. This is the time. This is the time. We just came off the new moon. This is the time to assess where we're going. This is the time to retool, recalibrate. We've got the moon and Sag, a good part of the midweek. And this is a wonderful time for goal setting and take advantage of it and then let what isn't working fall away on the 23rd, 24th. And then the 25th is it, it that's its own thing. We'll talk about that next week on that podcast. But you you can't keep holding on to ideas and ideals that no longer serve you. So there's that um, I can tell you what I'm looking forward to. I just ordered the Call of Gaia deck. Now, that's a project I've been working on for many years. And the last two with the wonderful artist, Taryn Dufault. And we finally, <laughs> we finally did it. We finally got it. And... I've ordered the first hundred decks. Um, So stay tuned. Uh, Patrons will get uh, first dibs at the first hundred. So this is, and I'm building the website. So I'm excited about that. They're not going to be here anytime soon. (laughs) Maybe by the end of September, but probably the first week of October. So I was just waiting for Mercury to be direct before I ordered them. And I'm um, very, very excited about this project. So 
And yeah, I've gone back to WordPress for the site. I haven't built a WordPress site in forever, but, um, but I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I tell you. So not, not a ton going on with this Equinox. It's, it's not as crunchy, but the energy itself starts to build because October is coming and October is pretty damn crunchy. The crunch alerts start to go up from here on out. Um, once Mars starts really squaring off with Pluto, things are going to get really interesting. Um, we've kind of had the quiet part of 2023 and now we move into that fourth Part that I was talking about at the beginning of the year um, where I talked about 2023 being four parts. So we're, we're finishing up part three, moving into part four. Um, let's see. So when I look at the end of the month, September 30th, we have Mars in a very firm square with Pluto. And um whew, is wild it's also going to be wow the 30th see the 29th isn't so bad but the 30th is really kind of a children don't put your hands over your ears it's a shit show okay um <laughs> oh my god yeah september 30th i don't know why people are going on about Sep- september 23rd let me tell you the 30th the 30th is is, is just get your seatbelts on, folks. If you're driving, that seatbelt better be on and your hands have better be at 10 and 2. All right. All right. Wow. All right. Let's let's do some patron shout-outs. And, um, and then I'm going to talk to the littles. And then we're going to talk about why the Roman Empire and why we need to deconstruct that out of our consciousness in the way that it's held it, especially um, for white, white cisgendered men and why women don't think about it as often unless they're a history major or they're a military strategist or something like that. Um, but why that's going on in people's minds and how it validates what I've been saying about astrological interpretation. Oh, I don't know. Since I was a brand new astrology student and I looked at how they glossed over Venus and just spent forever on Mars. So it's all related. And we're going to find out after we do some important shout outs and we're going to talk about the podcast, our listens, how we're going up the rankings, all sorts of good stuff. So don't skip the patron shout outs. hear the music it is that time but before i read patron shout outs i want to thank each and every one of you for getting us this far this is season three of the awake space astrology podcast and we've had over a hundred thousand listens this season uh last week's episode it it really was beautiful you guys had over over two thousand people listen to that song in the first or song <laughs> podcast in the first five days 
of its release. That's a big deal, guys. Um, we are inching towards the top 3% of podcasts, and I'm very proud of that. And I look forward to having a more, even more professional setup. I've got the great sound uh, interface. Now I just need to uh, have dead space, and we're moving towards that. And big thanks to patrons for that. So let's read out our newest patrons, Aodale, or Aodil. I've said your name completely wrong. Adele. I'm going to just guess it's Adele. We're going to, I don't know. You're going to have to correct me in the, (laughs) you have to correct me in the discord. Uh, Bethany, Jessica, Rosemary, Dallas, Jade, Bay, Michelle, Eli, Sarah, Irene, Mike, C, Juliana, Marguerite, Kristen, Paula, Christy, Nancy, Angela, Gabriella, Emily, and another Jessica. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you for being patrons. Um, Again, the headlines, the headlines that I read come from the monthly outlook that comes out every single month at the beginning of the month where I give you my predictions. So those, those come out, this one came out like on September 1st. So I write them ahead of time. Uh, that's why we have the news headlines thread in our discord. If you haven't joined the discord, make sure you come in again. We're going to reorganize it. We're just running a little behind mercury retrograde goddess. Um, Again, I can't believe our audience keeps growing. That's super exciting. Um, I'll be putting the crunch report out after I finish recording the podcast. I'm running a little behind uh, because I was out with my daughter celebrating her birthday, which is actually today, the 18th. Um, and so I, instead of writing and recording and doing all of that stuff I normally do on a Sunday, I, I, I was out being social and went to the San Diego wildlife park, which is really, really well done. I actually kind of like it better than the San Diego zoo. If I had to pick between the two, I'd, I'd go back to the wildlife park because, um, I just really enjoyed how the exhibits were set up and the animals seemed a little happier there. Could have just been the day I went, right? It was a little cooler today than it was the last time I was down that way. But yeah, so that's why uh, it was a nice, nice time. Alrighty, so what else do I have to... Oh, anyway, make sure you read your crunch reports. I am going to get talking uh, to the littles next. And then we'll take a look at why the Roman Empire is still a problem. It's time to talk to the Littles, and I want to give a special shout out to Melody and Jordan and Riley. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Now, sometimes I talk about grown-up stuff. In fact, most of the time I'm talking about grown-up stuff. That's why I've made this little segment of the podcast just for you. So let's talk about astrology a little bit. So it's really fun to learn astrology, isn't it? 
And it takes a long time to really understand it. It's There's a lot of information to know. And one of the things that makes somebody a really good astrologer is learning as much as they can about as many things as you can, as many subjects, whether it's history or rockets or understanding how cars work or gardening or crystals or understanding how to cook food and what different flavors are and how to understand how to make things go together, how to craft, whether you're crocheting or knitting or doing needlepoint or maybe you're doing pottery or some artwork or maybe how you play sports. All of that is reflected in astrology, but it's hard to know how to see the meaning just from the symbols in the astrology chart if you haven't studied a lot of other things. So one of the reasons I'm able to do a lot of political, and I know it's boring, but political predictions is because I studied to be a political analyst when I was in college. I also studied human development, what it meant to be human and, and how we form cultures and why we believe the way we believe and why we think the way we think. And I continued studying that. And then I got really interested in business and I learned everything I could about that. And I learned a lot of it by trial and error. And, and that means I would try something and see if it worked. One of the things that holds people back from being really good at anything, whether it's astrology or making a pie or maybe painting uh, some art, is the fear of not being good enough or the fear of getting it wrong. Except that's how we learn as human beings. We don't learn from doing things perfectly every single time. In fact, we're lucky if we ever do something perfect just one time. We learn by experimenting safely. We don't want to experiment dangerously. And we want to do it age-appropriately. But we learn by trying. And it's really important to try to learn things that even might seem a little bit difficult sometimes. Sometimes we're not ready for it just yet. Just because you're not ready for something at one point in your life does not mean you can't learn it later. Indeed, indeed. Sometimes we're just introduced to an idea and then it makes more sense when we get older. Because we continue to grow and learn. So my advice to you is to study as many things as you can be interested in and worry less about needing to be right and more about trying to understand, especially when it comes to our hobbies like astrology or maybe looking at tarot cards or maybe learning how to crochet or knit. Don't be afraid to make mistakes. We can fix those. It's better to try. 
just better to try. Thank you for listening to Auntie Lori. And I will talk to you next week. Alrighty, let's talk about the Roman Empire. Why are a lot of white cis men thinking about the Roman Empire multiple times a week? They were. Uh, I saw some statistics kind of being broken down as like 3 to 30 times a week. And there were some women included in that. And a lot of it boiled down to, you know, being worried about the fall of the United States because of the fall of Rome and parallels and blah, blah, blah. It took 300 years for the Rome to fall. And Rome was actually a continuation of ancient Greece. It basically, it one empire fell and another empire picked up in its wake, just like the United States picked up from Great Britain. We weren't always a world power. And in fact, we didn't even become a contender until the Spanish-American War in 1898. And we were not considered a global power until World War II. That was it. And so the parallels are not the same (laughs) entirely. But we were really raised with the idea that we mirrored Rome. You know, we chose the eagle as our national bird and people who are into wars really enjoy the idea of Rome and ancient Greece and, and the philosophers and the philosophies and the myth and the mythos. And that is because the Roman Empire morphed. It morphed. It fell, yes, and then it was there was a resurgence with the Holy Roman Empire, which was the Roman Catholic Church spreading out throughout Europe. And then, of course, through colonialism. And the United States is part of that. We are indoctrinated from a young age with this information. And where did patriarchy start? Well, Babylonia during the Bronze Age. But it really took root and was even given the name in ancient Greece and it carried forward into Rome. And Rome is where we look to most often, even though people study the Greek philosophers because it was, you know, the beginning, the cradle of Western civilization. That was the zeitgeist. That was the idea. That was the mood that carried forward. And if you're going to be an educated person and understanding the writings of, of the various philosophers and, and the thought leaders that lived through time would make you an educated person because we considered that the pinnacle of, of, of Western civilization. And it's that bias that has really hosed us. And and I thought I would really kind of treat you to understanding this because it mirrors um, all the reasons why I say we have to move the narrative forward in astrology because astrology, of course, is steeped in all of this. All right. From the overemphasis of Mars to the detriment 
of Venus, right? And, and in astrology, there is an overemphasis in traditional astrology of the masculine energy to the detriment of the feminine energy. Feminine energy is considered weaker, even though there's people who will argue, say, no, 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 it's receptive. No, it's considered weaker because dominance and control is considered what it's, is considered strength. Okay. Dominance and control is considered strength versus, versus being self-aware versus, versus understanding your agency, understanding that you don't have to rely on some grandiose figure, understanding that you're not going to get rescued, understanding that you have all the power to make decisions for yourself in your life. And that some of those decisions include who you want to hang out with, who you want to work with. Um, and we've been watching the privileged really display their adherence to dominance and power. There was the Australian real estate magnet coming out and actually saying the quiet part out loud. I, I made a, a a video that made fun of him on TikTok because he was saying, you know, we have to let unemployment get higher and people need to be punished and feel the pain economically <laughs> because these, these pores have ideas that employers should consider, you know, the employer lucky to have employees and not the other way around. And it's like, well, sir, you don't have a business if you don't have employees. So yeah. That idea of dominance and control as power, it's the lowest expression. It is the least powerful expression of power. It's the lowest expression. It requires the greatest amount of output with the least amount of actual profit. It's very, very short sighted. So when we look at the, the legend Okay, when we look at the legend of how ancient Rome started, it comes from the story of Romulus and Remus. Okay, it comes from the story, the legend. Okay. Okay, the legend says Rome was founded in 753 BC or BCE by Romulus and Remus, twin sons of Mars, the god of war. Okay, the god of war. Mars, of course, in Roman mythology, was the god of war. Here's an issue with that. Here is the issue with that, my friends. Mars itself is not just aggression. Mars is action-taking, okay? action taking the sign Mars is in describes how action is taken. Okay. So basically, um, the, the planet is a verb and the sign is an adjective. Okay. For the most part, we can get into the other parts of speech later, but for the purpose of this conversation, but when you study astrology, it is so heavily weighted onto the aggressive, 
the domineering, the controlling, the divisive, the win at all costs energy as the the domineering force of Mars. Um, and, and it can't express that way. Not saying it can't. But it is such a limiting viewpoint. And I'm not saying we have to be passive. I'm not saying we have to sing Kumbaya and hold hands. It is human to, to self-defend. It is human to be aggressive and assertive, but it is not our whole default setting. It is trained. It is indoctrinated in us. And I don't think that has been looked at enough because when we've studied human behavior, especially 19th and 20th centuries, it was done with a cultural bias that went unaddressed in the studies, just like in archeology span and anthropology, where there was a cultural bias by privileged white men who held positions of academic power and they asserted their ideals and beliefs on a study and refused to broaden their horizons. So the reason why people think about Rome, they've been trained to think about Rome. They've been trained to think of the United States losing its global dominance as the fall of the Roman Empire. I don't think it's going to mirror that. And it doesn't, it isn't because I'm rah, rah, ooh, go USA. It is because the whole entire planet is facing the climate crisis. We are moving away from empire and into cooperative and collective action. It does not mean unity consciousness. It does not mean we're always all going to get along, but we will be forced to work together before the end of the 20 year Pluto and Aquarius cycle. Okay. That era is going to force collaboration in, in some way, shape or form within the next five years, probably actually by the end of 2025, we are going to be forced to make massive sweeping changes. Um, we're going to see more things like the floods of Libya happening. We're going to see and the floods in Greece. We're going to see more seismic activity. We're going to see changing weather patterns because of the climate crisis. We're going to see things happen and with failed infrastructure because in the last 40 years, globally, with rare exceptions, most places in the world were not working on their infrastructures. They weren't upkeeping them. They weren't repairing them. And so we're going to see a lot, a lot of infrastructure failure as we move forward. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm just pointing it out. Um, is it scary? Well, depending on where you live. Yeah. We overly focus on Mars because we have been trained to focus on Mars. So we associate our value with our ability to be productive or take action or hustle and grind. And the fact is without emphasizing Venus, which is our needs, 
the things we need like breathing. Venus can attract or it can repel. It is a magnetic force. Okay. And magnets can attract, but they can also repel. And when we have not been trained how to identify our wants and needs properly, when we are being told that asking for a living wage, that asking for a modicum of comfort and ease is considered greedy. (laughs) When we want sustaining models, not growth models, sustaining models, we're considered radical and idealists. Even one of the greatest minds of the 20th century, Buckminster Fuller, he's best known for his geodesic domes and buckyballs. Yeah, I know it sounds funny, but look it up. But he also vitally believed that technology should be used for best of of humanity that that we should be able to no longer have to toil and struggle and suffer but rather use technology to ease all of us all of our lives and be able to put our talents to work to lean into our creativity to have lives of more ease and grace And yet hardly anybody talks about his social theories. They almost all lean into his engineering because his social theories were too uncomfortable for people who were so programmed to believe that the only way they could hold their privilege was through arrogance, aggression, and dominance. That's why you hear it's a dog-eat-dog world. That's why you hear it's, you know, win at all costs. That's why you have the acquisition games. And it is the problem with people like Elon Musk. It is a problem with people like Jeffrey Bezos. It's a problem with um, Gates. These people, these people, and there's people we don't even know about who have way more liquid assets. These guys are billionaires because they have billions in the stock market. If the stock market were to tank, which notice it hasn't, it should have. It's artificially propped up. Okay. But they're not real billionaires. I mean, like they, they leverage against make-believe money because stocks aren't worth anything unless you cash it out. It's just perceived value. So if these people can be billionaires on a perceived value, why are you less than them when you have real value, real worth, but it's not attached to what you can produce. It's, it's who you are. You had a one in 400 trillion chance of being human. By virtue of birth, you are valuable. And of course you have natural abilities and skills and talents. And don't tell me you don't. I can show them to you in your birth chart. Just because you haven't reconciled with that yet does not mean it is not true. Every single person has their own unique intelligence, their own unique expression, their own unique talents and skills. And when we standardize things, we lose the richness of the diversity of the human species. Okay. Standardized education did one thing. It made a workforce. 
It made a workforce and it showed who was going to work with widgets on an assembly line and who was going to manage the people with the widgets. That's where the modern education system stems from. Was it ideal to have children in peer groups? No, but it was great for breaking the family connection, which families are the foundation of a society. They are. That's why it's important to work on our generational healing. That's why it's important to heal up the traumas that have been passed down because it helps heal society. Is it the end all be all? Technically, yeah, it is. But we can create non-biological family units. We can have found family. We can adopt family members. There's lots of ways we can create family for ourselves if the biological family isn't functional. Dominance and control is at the cornerstone of patriarchy. And so is it any wonder, is it any wonder that so many white cisgendered men think about the Roman Empire when they've been indoctrinated to do so? So when we look at astrology and I say move the narrative forward, stop overemphasizing Mars, stop underemphasizing Venus. Stop vilifying signs. Stop looking at things dualistically as in good and bad, black and white, high and low, and understand we have a spectrum of expression. Mars represents action. How you act is the sign. Venus represents how we attract or repel. And we can repolarize the Venus just because you struggled as a child, just because you had trauma as a child, just because you were food insecure as a child, does not doom you to forever have those experiences. You can consciously repolarize the Venus. Takes time. Takes time. But it can be done. Neuroscience says so. So that's why. That's why we're looking at so many people thinking about the, the Roman Empire. As far as the United States, it's, it's an over-intellectualized fallacy to try to compare what's happening in the United States to the fall of Rome. There are some parallels, but again, I would say we are the continuation of an already dying empire. And we could really go back, if you look at every war, and you go back and you go back and you go back. And this is something that blew my mind when I was in college. I think it was my freshman year. And I realized that every conflict we were studying had an earlier beginning, you know, and you could go back centuries and we could go back to a little battle somewhere between Greece, Greece, sorry, Greek forces and Roman forces and go, okay, that's where it started. You go back to Babylon, that's where it started. Because it's so interrelated, the conflict has been passed forward generation after generation after generation after generation. And so too has some really bad astrological interpretations. 
And I think it behooves us all to widen our scope a little bit. I don't think we have to change our techniques too much. I think we need to broaden the scope of how we interpret recognizing there is a spectrum of expression when we're talking about the planets, the signs, and the houses. That's the hill I am going to stand on. Alrighty. I think it's time for some astrology Q&A. What about you? It's time for some astrology Q&A from patrons at the Awake Space Patreon. You can go to patreon.com forward slash the Awake Space. And patrons from the $5 level and up get to put in their questions. And we'll do another patron-only podcast with some of the more complex astrological questions. Um, The first question is from Imelda. Can you explain what a triplicity is? So the triplicities are the signs in the same element. So every element has three signs. So fire has Aries, Leo, and Sagittarius. Air, or sorry, Earth has Taurus, Virgo, Capricorn. Air has Gemini, Libra, and Aquarius. And water has Cancer, Scorpio, and Pisces. Those are the triplicities. All kinds of different... uh, That's a good question, Imelda. And for more information on beginning astrology, because that's beginning astrology, you can go to my YouTube channel linked up in the podcast description. And that will give you information on the elements and how to recognize the symbols and how to look at your chart and make sense of the squiggles and the lines to get started. So, all right, Madison is asking, self-care tips for Neptune opposing sun. Please help. Oh, Madison. I bet. Um, Transiting Neptune in the sixth house. That's... Oh man, I remember my Neptune opposite the sun. Now, not everybody gets lucky enough to have Neptune oppose their sun in a lifetime because Neptune uh, has a 148-year orbit. So if you're a little lucky enough to have that, then it, it tends to be a really fuzzy fuzzy time energy wise identity wise and I, I I would be like you probably have to rework your idea of being productive it could do with work or health or routine or all of it and and you just have to learn how to relinquish control <laughs> and trust the process Um, Big hugs to you. That is not my favorite transit I've lived through. Um, That was when Neptune was in Capricorn. And oof, it was kind of a, I almost felt like I was underwater. You know, you can feel like that, but just can't quite get the spark going. Luckily, it doesn't last forever. So hold tight. Uh, let's see. Katja is asking, what can you expect from a Mercury return? What about one that you have 
revisit the mercury is in retrograde and then you have it again well it's just like any return katya um or katya uh the return is the final pass it, it, the other two are thematic of the period that it's going on but it, it the final pass is the return and mercury returns it, it's mental it's always going to be about mental communication etc depends on the mercury involved depends on where the mercury return happens i don't do a lot of mercury returns um as far as charts go i don't think it's i mean it can be a big deal especially if if you're um an academic or a scientist or a writer um it'll probably have more emphasis and you might have more ideas going on but it, it's not one we focus on this mirrors the question we had from Alyssa on lunar returns and asking how to use those with the horoscopes you don't you don't really um because the horoscopes are written for your rising signs and remember they come with instructions in the monthly planning guide and planner with the horoscopes you get your weekly new pages just got those up before i started recording on sunday um so your lunar return happens monthly and it it's a chart it's a chart so you can look up your lunar return on astroseek or astro.com you can look at the chart and then the house where the moon is in in that chart gives you kind of the overall theme of the month there's there's deeper reading of it but that's that's way more advanced astrology so the lunar return just a, a quickie for people beginning and learning just be look at the house where the moon is at and and that'll be the theme but don't freak out if you've got a fourth and eighth or a 12th house transit uh or sorry lunar return it doesn't mean it's bad okay it can be downright magical so if i hear people freaking out about stuff in the discord i'm going to get cranky All right, that was a good question. We are under 20 questions, guys. You need to get more questions in on the Googly forum. Um Let's see. So, Lorena asks, "Can you explain what happens when a transiting planet is aspecting your same natal planet with a 6 to 8 degree orb?" So again that would be like your solar return or your lunar return it's a return. So when Mars is conjunct your Mars, your Mars is really active and it sets a chart for the Mars return or the Mercury return or the solar return. Um it just there's extra emphasis there and then you have a divinatory chart. So same like Saturn as you know conjunct your Saturn is you know so it it'll activate it and i think what you're asking is is beyond the return chart um it it just kind of emphasizes that planetary energy so that's what that does good questions everybody good questions all right let's see what's this last one here cameron asks when jupiter goes retrograde what is the energy like depending on the house in your chart that jupiter is transiting what can you expect with the retrograde energy of jupiter 
That's a good question, Cameron. So Jupiter retrograde, and I did an episode on this. I did an episode on this. Jupiter retrograde is really where we can pick up what we thought we we passed over. It, it does not get rid of our luck at all. It, it is just a chance to go back with a fine-tooth comb and find the opportunities we thought we missed. Or maybe we didn't see. Maybe you missed a communication and you go through your inbox and you're like, oh crap, there was an offer. Get a hold of people. Um, Jupiter retrograde does not mean that you're running out of luck. It means you're looking at past opportunities you might have overlooked. I hope that helps. And I'll answer the question about Jupiter and the houses in the patron-only Q&A podcast that comes out this week. So I think I'm going to stop with this question. It's late and I walked for like four hours and I'm out of shape and I'm getting myself back in shape. But Lord have mercy, am I tired. I hope we made it to work. I hope the laundry is folded. I hope the floors are swept. If that's what we were doing, whatever we were doing together today, I want to thank you for listening and being a vital part of the Awake Space Astrology Podcast. Next week, we're talking about the Aries full moon. So don't forget to tune in. And if you're patrons, you'll get your special full moon guide podcast episode uh that's right patrons get their own patron only episode so if you haven't joined us i hope you do all right i'm Lori rivers and it is my profound pleasure to bring you this podcast every single week